Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. There are the two, these two men. These two men ran into each other on the street, and one noticed that his friend was upset and just looked sad. And so he said to his friend, he said, man, you look so depressed. What's on your mind that has you so down? To which his friend quickly replied, he said, my future. He said, your future? What ever in the world would make it look so hopeless? Why are you so miserable about this? To which his miserable friend replied, my past. And the truth is, some of us are going through life and we are allowing the past to haunt us. There are mistakes from our past, some mistakes we made, some mistakes that were made against us, but we are allowing the past to determine where we're heading and what we're doing. If you were old enough to have sucked on a bottle yesterday and get your diaper changed today, you have a past. Everybody has a past. Every person in this room has a past. And, and some of our pasts, they're better than others. Some are not. The hard reality is that no matter how bad or how great your life has been, you have things in your life's history that you wish that you could change. We all have them. We all have moments in history that we wish we could change about our lives. It, we, we, we honestly wish sometimes that it was easy as, you know, just clicking that, that clear history button on your computer. You know, and, and, and some of you, that's your past. You've been clicking the clear history button too much. And, and so that's the thing that keeps rising up and, and coming against your life. Uh, many people, even Christians, they struggle all of their lives trying to overcome their past. And some people have never forgiven themselves, so they have a hard time believing that God has truly forgiven them. Maybe some of you live daily with the constant ache of regret, of something that you did in the past that, that you have regret for. And the thoughts of your previous mistakes and sins, they continue to haunt your mind. If statements like, if only I had done this or if only I had done that, if those statements echo in your head, then this series is for you. And specifically today is for you. And so let me talk to you for the next few moments about getting past your past. I'm sure that you have seen the before and after pictures and the ads for diet pills. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Okay, this can be interactive because the rest of you are lying. If you have seen an ad, you know, talking about diet pills, you've seen the before and after, raise your hand, let me see you. That's it, tell the truth, shame the devil, praise the Lord for that. We, we see them, we, we, we definitely have watched the, the infomercials on TV, the before and after. And it's always interesting to me that the before picture always features some out of shape, you know, obese person. And the after picture, it shows a very similar looking individual that may or may not be the same person. They always have a better tan. We know that. They always have a better tan. We're not quite sure if it's the same person, but that person is, is now trimmed, sculpted, and usually holding out the waistband of his or her pants that they took in the first picture. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, they're, they're standing there like that. Yeah, you've seen it. And, and now, of course, their mini size is too big. They've lost inches. And the ad then tells the story about how this particular diet plan melted off the pounds off of this individual. And, and whether or not you believe it, 
Uh, maybe you believe some, don't believe others. Whether or not you believe these amazing testimonials, there is an even better and even more amazing before and after pictures of your life. Or at least there should be. Everybody in this room has a before picture. Some of you carry it around in your mind just like you would carry a picture of your child in your wallet. You've got the before. It's etched in your mind on who you were before Christ. You've got that down. You understand what you looked like before you gave your heart to Christ, before you dedicated your life to being a Christ follower. You know what that looks like. You've got the before picture down. And for some of you, this, this bothers you. It extremely bothers you because you know how bad of a person that you were. The problem with too many Christians is that we don't have the after picture yet. We know what we looked like before. But we have yet to develop the after picture. And the whole time, God is waiting. He is wanting to take a picture of grace of your life. He is wanting to lead you and to guide you and to get you to a place to where you are now, that after picture of what has happened in your life after grace and mercy was applied to your life. So many of us, we only have that before picture. One of the greatest weapons against your life that the enemy uses is what you've done in your past or what has been done to you. And today we are going to start on a journey out of the past. We're going to take the first step out of our past. And with God's help, this first step is going to renew our minds. That's what's going to happen. We're going to begin today renewing our minds. I want you to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. As you turn there, I want to remind you that the Old Testament is the story of God's people known as the nation of Israel. You are following the birth and, 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 and the nation of Israel. You're following their birth and how God put them together and how God led them and how they disobeyed God and, and the grace and mercy that God has for their lives. All of that is in the Old Testament. And, and so we're following their story. We have come to realize that their story is really our story. If you are a follower of Christ, you have been grafted into that family. Their story is our story. As God longed for their love and trust, he also longs for our love and trust. And their story speaks to us, and it gives us guidance. It gives us direction. Their story is a parallel of our story. And so Jeremiah chapter 18, God's prophet, this is the vision that God gives him. And it's an amazing vision. Please listen close. Jeremiah 18, starting at verse 1. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Four verses. Powerful powerful life application for our lives see the clay in this story represents israel which ultimately as i told you represents us and the potter is god our lives parallel with theirs and so there's so much we can take from this story and apply it to our own lives and so there's three aspects of this vessel today that, that the potter is forming that i want to talk with you about and the first one is this the made vessel the made vessel. 
There are two things that form this vessel. The first is the touch of the potter's hand. You cannot make this vessel without uh, the, the, the potter. He is the one who is going to form the clay and make the pot. And then the, the second thing that is used to form the vessel is the turning of the wheel. It, it, both are necessary. You can't have one or the other. You've got to have both. And, and that wheel represents the circumstances of our daily lives. You see, God sees to it that our lives revolve around certain events, certain things that take place in our lives and the whole time God is touching our lives and making them into what he wants them to be that potter the master craftsman does not set out to make a flawed pot that would be nearly offensive to him no potter sets out to make a pot that is flawed no, he has a vision for it. His mind is set on what he wants this pot to become. He is making it, and, and he wants it to be useful. Each vessel is going to have its own character. It will have its shape, its color, its size. It will even have its own purpose. The potter takes time in designing that vessel into what he wants it to be. We have vessels and vases in our house that serve absolutely no purpose except as decor. Does anybody else have anything like that in your house? It's ridiculous to me. We have shelves up in our living room and in our kitchen that are so high we cannot even reach up there. I have to get a ladder to put anything up on those shelves. But yet we have perfectly good vessels vases that are up on these shelves that that serve no other purpose except for you to walk into my house and say oh what a pretty vessel whether you think it's pretty or not you look at it and, and, and say wow look at that and all it does is collect dust that is it and I don't get it I don't understand it it's what my wife wants it's what she gets but that's what it does it just collects dust sitting on a high shelf I, I'm I'm convinced that if every pitcher in the house was, was broken or something, we could go and get that and we could fill it up with, with ice water if we needed to. Since we live in the South, I'll, I'll kind of bring it down to where you're at. We could fill it up with sweet tea if we needed to. All right, now you're in. Now you're, I just reeled all of you back in. Sweet tea, that's where it's at. And so if we needed it, if we didn't have any other container in the house to put tea in, we could fill it up with sweet tea and set it in the middle of our, our dining room table. Of course, it would be about this, hall, this tall and handles on each side, and it would be very awkward to pour it, but, but yet it would serve a purpose besides just sitting there looking pretty. I can assure you, in this day and age that Jeremiah the prophet was writing, they didn't have pots, vases, vessels just sitting around looking pretty. When the potter put in his hard work and his hard effort into making a vessel, it had a specific purpose that it was going to serve. When he was forming it, he knew exactly what it would hold, whether it was going to hold liquid or if it was going to hold something that was more solid that would not leak. He had a purpose for that vessel. He knew exactly what he was making and how he was making it. That's why our lives are not made on an assembly line in heaven and we all don't look alike. Praise God, we all don't look alike. Amen? Praise, thank you, Jesus, I don't look like some of these people. But nevertheless, God isn't just spitting out lives out of heaven. 
He doesn't have his angels working overtime, you know, like little Santa's elves just spitting out different human beings and saying, you know, here's the assembly line. Now go to earth. Go to earth. That's not what's happening. God is creating each and every one of us with a purpose. We are his vessel. He is creating us with a purpose. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are being made specific with a purpose in mind. Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When you read scriptures like that, you begin to realize that God has a purpose for each and every vessel. And everybody in this room, God is making the vessel into what he wants you to become. Which leads me to the marred vessel. Because the potter takes special interest in all of our lives. Molding us and making us into what he wants us to be. And along the way, Life's trials can sometimes leave us marred, maimed, and messed up. That describes some of your family reunions, doesn't it? Marred, maimed, and messed up. There's been moments in my own life where I have felt marred, maimed, and messed up. Some of you in here today, that's how you, that's how you feel. That's how you walked into this room. You're the marred vessel, but I want you to notice that the vessel was marred while it was in the master's hands. That's what the Bible says. It was marred. It became imperfect while it was in the master's hands. And this will mess up our theology completely. If I wrote a book about what I'm telling you right now, they, they would get me for heresy probably. But listen to what the Bible says. The vessel was marred in the potter's hands. You see, some of you have thought that some of the trials that you've been going through in life, you honestly thought God was so far away that he was nowhere to be found. And this little scripture right here tells us, these four verses fill us in on the fact that there are moments in our lives when we become imperfect even while we're in his hands. But it's not what you think. It's, it's, not, it's not him, that, that he that is making you imperfect. That's not what's happening. The, the imperfections that are already in you are what's coming to the surface. Because as that vessel begins to spin on that wheel and the potter begins molding it and forming it into what he wants it to become, any imperfection that is in that clay is going to be spun out to the outer surface for him to see it. And so it's there in the potter's hands that those imperfections begin to come out. Sometimes it's in the potter's hands, in the master's hands, when suddenly life is not going exactly like it's supposed to. How many of you before, be honest, how many of you before you were serving God with everything within you and the whole bottom fell out? You're in the master's hands. You're in the potter's hands. But somehow, some way, it gets messed up. The potter noticed 
with an expert eye and experience that the vessel had an imperfection. And here's the beauty of it. The imperfections didn't scare the potter. Some of you think that God is worried about your imperfections. And that's our human, finite way of thinking. That God is scared of our imperfections. Your life may seem messed up because of your past experiences, but you need to have hope because God has brought you to this moment and you can be certain that with everything that you have went through in life that the potter still has a plan. I'll guarantee you this, the problem was not with the potter. The problem was with the clay. It always is. It's always the clay. It's never the potter. It's always the clay. There's something that's happening inside of you there's a feeling, there's a thought, there's an emotion, there's something that's inside of you that is not perfect, and he needs you to go through the process of spinning around and around and around. You ever been that, that way in life where life just seems to be spinning out of control? He needs you to walk through the process of spinning around and around and around to bring that perfection out. Because the clay might contain this hidden impurity, a flaw beneath the surface that can't be seen with the human eye, but yet the divine potter needs it to come out. Maybe it's because the, the clay is stiff and unyielding, not willing to be formed. And, and, and when that happens, the potter would reach down beside him and he would, he, he would reach down into a bucket and he would get some water out of it and he would begin applying that to the clay that is on the wheel to, to make it moldable again because it had become too hard. And sometimes in our lives, God will reach down and he will apply uh, uh, water to our lives, spiritually speaking, water to our lives to make us moldable, to make us into what he needs us to become. As stubborn as the clay can be at times, the potter keeps working. He's not scared of your imperfections. Why are you? Why are you terrified of what's happened to you in your past? Which brings me to the last point here. The mended vessel. Though messed up, the vessel still had merit for the potter. It still held value, significance. Just because it was marred didn't mean that he was finished with it, done with it. He didn't discard it. Verse 4 says, he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. Maybe you're Past life experiences have you wounded and they have you scarred. Maybe you woke up this morning and you thought, man, I don't have a future at all because of what I've been through. Maybe somebody has sinned against you. You didn't cause your own pain, but you're having to deal with it anyway. You're hopeless. And if that's you, I want you to know this. To the potter, you're perfect. Because the potter looks at a lump of clay and realizes what it can become, not what it is. 
And when God looks at your life, he sees you for what you can be, not for what you currently are. Thank God he doesn't see me for what I currently am. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Say new thing. Come on, say it like you mean it. New thing. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The potter specializes in mending vessels and making them new again. He, re, he reworked it into another vessel. It wasn't even the same vessel as it was before. Man, that brings hope to me. That should bring hope to some of you that you're not even going to be the same person that you once were. He's reworking you, recreating you, creating all things new. And it's there on the potter's wheel where your life is mended reworked into the vessel he wants you to be. It's there where you have to stay. You have to remain on the potter's will. No matter what you've been through, no matter how bad it was, stay on the will. No matter what mistakes you've, been, you, you've made in your life, stay on the potter's wheel. No matter what they did to you, no matter what they said about you, stay on the potter's wheel. No matter how bad they wounded you, no matter how bad you hurt somebody, stay on the wheel. In Max Lucado's book, No Wonder They Call Him the Savior, he writes about this girl named Christina from Brazil. He says that Christina lived in a small dusty village. Her heart was empty and she felt like society had cheated her of its joys. And she longed for the excitement of the big city of Rio. And one morning, her mother, Maria, awoke to find Christina's bed was empty. Maria knew immediately where her daughter had gone. She also knew immediately what she must do to find her. And so she quickly threw some clothes in a bag, gathered up all of her money, and ran out of the house in search for her daughter. But on the way to the bus stop, she did something that is very strange. She entered into a drugstore to get one last thing, pictures. And I know what you're thinking missing but she didn't get pictures of her daughter no she entered into a photo booth and she spent all of her money trying to get as many little small black and whites of herself and so that's what she did got as many as she could have printed she knew that her daughter was too stubborn to to give up she also knew that when pride meets hunger, a human will do things that are unthinkable. Knowing this, Maria began her search. She got off the bus. She visited bars, hotels, nightclubs, any place that had a reputation for prostitution, fearing the worst for her daughter. 
She went to the mall, and at each place, she left a picture of herself taped on a bathroom mirror or tacked to a hotel bulletin board, fastened to a corner phone booth. She didn't leave pictures of Christina or missing posters. This mother was leaving pictures of herself. And it wasn't long before all of the money was gone and pictures were gone too. And Maria, this mother, heartbroken, had to go home. And so she got on the bus weeping for the long journey back to her small village. It was weeks later that the young Christina was walking down the hotel stairs where she was staying. Her young face was tired, her brown eyes no longer danced with youth, youth but spoke of pain and fear. Her laughter was, was broken, her dreams were broken, her dreams had become a nightmare. Like the prodigal son a thousand times over, she longed just to spend the night on, on the floor in her mom's house on a pallet. Would gladly trade that for all of the hotel room beds that she had slept in. As she reached the bottom of the stairs at this one particular hotel, her eyes noticed a familiar face in front of her. She looked and there on a mirror in the hotel lobby was a small picture of her mother. Christina's eyes burned and her throat tightened as she walked across the room and removed the small picture to look at it. She turned it over and written on the back of the picture and every picture that Maria put out were these words. Whatever you have done, whatever you have become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. And Christina did just that. She went home. See, the Father is calling some of us to come home. To return back to the potter's wheel. To get back on the wheel, no matter how hard life gets. And let Him work through all of the spinning, through all of the chaos, through all the imperfections. He's working on you. And he's longing for you to come back no matter where you've been, what you've done, what's been done to you. He's beckoning, he's calling you back to get back on that wheel. But for some of us, we allow the past to keep us from letting God do the work inside of our lives that needs to be done in order for us to become that renewed vessel. God specializes in marred vessels. You just got to put your life in his hands and let him do a work in your life. Quit trying to do it on your own. Let God be God. Let him be the potter. You're just called to be the clay. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.